This is MFG Out Loud. Courageous conversations about sales and marketing for today's manufacturers. With your hosts, Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. Hey, Trailblazers. Thank you for showing up and joining us for another courageous conversation about sales and marketing for manufacturers. Welcome to MFG Out Loud. Our guest today is an amazing content creator and marketer, um, especially in the small man. Let me start over in the small manufacturing space. And we are so glad to have Greg Michio with us today, who's the founder and chief strategist for Windbound. They are a manufacturing marketing firm specializing in content marketing, which everyone listening knows. <clears throat> Huge fan. So big believer, this is going to be a great episode. Now, what does Windbound do? They help manufacturers with small marketing teams overcome a lack of time and resources, which we know is completely common and uh, hard to overcome sometimes. You don't know, you don't have enough time and resources. So what do these guys do? They deliver the kind of content that has been missing from your marketing and really help elevate that for you. So most of our listeners are familiar with the concept of a digital twin in manufacturing. I had heard about this, but I needed to um, get some get some research done on this so that I could be up to speed. So it's when a manufacturer or machine or manufacturing process is recreated digitally, right? And that they call it the digital twin. So it's then used for rapid prototyping, experimenting with the use of different materials, and a variety of other simulated manufacturing processes. But as Greg will show you, uh, this concept is not restricted to the manufacturing floor. So, so many customers are searching for answers online now, right? Marketing must also create a digital twin, but not of a machine or a process. So, this episode is going to show you how and why you need a digital twin of your sales team. So, let's start here and dive into another courageous conversation. Greg, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Allison. Thank you, Ray. Big uh, fans of the podcast. I've listened to, I haven't listened to all the episodes, but I have listened to some episodes and I, I uh, yeah, sorry. Um, <laughs> but I like your show. Well, thank you. You know, I, we want to jump right in because people are dying to know what your thoughts are. Uh, what exactly is a digital twin for your sales team? Yeah, I think you I think you summed it up quite nicely, Elson, with that intro. Uh, the the concept when I came across it, um, you know, I, I learned of a digital twin, um, the application that's out there, and it's being used by a lot of manufacturers. Um, you know, as we move into the industry 4.0, um, and a lot of manufacturers are pushing into this to create a digital representation of a machine or manufacturing process. And, you know, it, it's one of those things where you, you hear something and then you, you start to uh, apply it to what you do. I, I think um, uh, um, Lin-Manuel Miranda, when he wrote Hamilton, same thing, when he read the story, everything fell into place for him. And, and so when I heard the digital twin concept, 
Um, then I started to think about all we've been doing on the content marketing side for our clients and trying to recreate content throughout the sales journey. And, you know, as you know, and as Ray knows, uh, I, I, most manufacturers in general, whether they're big or small, they're sales-driven organizations because you have complex products, you have complex sales, you have multiple people who are trying to buy. And uh, so, you know, manufacturers have hired an engineer, they've got a technician, and then they train them a little bit on the marketing, and then away you go. And, you, you know, meet people at the trade show or the golf course. 70% um, of the sales are online now. So, now all of a sudden manufacturers have to get online with their content and be there when their salesperson can't get there. And so that's the whole idea. You're creating a digital twin of your sales team and it's going to be online. And we're not saying you're getting rid of your sales team in any way, shape or form. Um, you know, what we're saying is, is when we, we don't know when these people are going to reach out to the sales team, but if they're doing all the prospecting before then or where, whenever they're doing the prospecting, you want to be there with your content and your messaging. I'm curious, Greg, I just, as, as a manufacturing guy, you know, I can really relate to the whole notion of, of digital twin. And I love the way you've made, you've made the connection uh, and, and how you kind of need to, you know, be, be simulating some of these activities, you know, in a, in a different way. How do you... What do you see as the as the biggest challenge within those those firms? Because I've I've been in and run some businesses like the ones you describe, and you, what's expected or really what's what buyers are responding to today is they want to be able to go to control more of the journey themselves. As you'd mentioned, seventy some percent of the buying cycle kind of happens online. People people want to do it themselves. Are manufacturers still getting used to the notion of sharing more? Because a lot of what really needs to get out online is stuff that used to be kept pretty close to the vest um, in the past. What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, we've got a client like that who, um, what we, we were talking about a process that they do and um, they said, yeah, you know, I, I was actually writing a case study for this manufacturer. And the, the client said, yeah, we use a certain technique that uh, only this manufacturer does. And uh, I'm like, wow, you know, I've been writing their website content and I don't know about this. And so I reached out to the manufacturer and they're like, yeah, we, yeah, we do that. Um, we pretty much coined the term. And, uh, but, uh, you know, it's kind of a proprietary process. And I'm like, you're doing something pretty amazing here and this guy is buying from you because you're the only people who do it. Now you don't have to give away the secret sauce, but for the love of God, tell people <laughs> you're doing it, you know? And I, I think that, you know, in the past it was the manuf the salesperson who could communicate it, but you really have to share your processes and what you're doing and, and, and put it out there. Yeah, I, I love it, and I, and I like the, f the fact that uh, you know for our, for our listeners, go check out your your website, and you're certainly a prolific contributor on uh, on LinkedIn. But what I what I really like about going through your web website is you practice what you preach, because you can go through it, and you basically 
here's what you need to do. These are the steps. These are the things. And you do come out the other end of it and go, wow, uh, that's pretty overwhelming. I agree there's, there's a lot here, but uh, I can't possibly do it myself. I need some help. Well, that's why you exist, right? <laughs> you know, so... Yeah, we're, we're a service provider. Um, you know, we help create the content for people. And, um, but we want them to understand the strategy behind it. Because you really, once you understand the strategy and the methodology, um, then you buy in. You know, we, say, we like to say, you don't just need content, you need the right approach. And, you know, it seems like somewhat of an obvious statement, but I think a lot of us, especially in the marketing world, uh, are copycats and we just do something because everybody else is doing it. We don't put a lot of thought behind it. Um, so if you have a strategy in place, uh, you know, then it, then it's easier to execute and focus. And I, to be honest with you, uh, content marketing and the, the way we create, especially top of funnel content is very collaborative um, the stuff you're doing right now, Ray and Allison, and that you're reaching out to outside experts, it's fun. And, you know, it's great to get other insights. And that's the beauty of the internet right now. And um, I think manufacturers are starting to realize that. Like when we do content for a manufacturer, for example, we'll integrate their suppliers into the picture and we'll profile them and we'll bring them in as outside experts. And, that not only gets that gets them jazz because they're part of the scene, the team and they're part of the outreach effort, um, and it gets the company excited. You know, like hey, we're famous. We look at our contents out there. I see us on LinkedIn, and people get excited about it. Have you experienced uh, much resistance when you talk to a manufacturer about this? I, I think there's. Um, was I listening to the other day that um, when you start to show people the, uh, the, the quantitative that goes with the qualitative, uh, I think you can break down some resistance. Um, you know, some of what we do is showing them uh, search, like when we optimize content, for example, uh, we want to be there for people who are searching on the internet. So we can show them keyword counts, for example, and say, look, you know, here's the amount of, of people who are searching for this. We can go on LinkedIn and just do a search of people who are in the manufacturing realm, you know, buyers in their industry and say, look, here's how many people are on LinkedIn. I think when you start to show those numbers and then you also bring in the strategy behind it, the idea that blog posts when they're out there and they have good information and people link to them that creates domain authority for your site and then when people search online for your product if you have a higher domain authority you'll rank higher when you start to break it down like that and simplify some of these things um, then it becomes clear and then you know you bring in this kind of this notion of the digital twin i mean everybody's in this digital world and you know, I've said this to you before, Allison. I, I think we lose sight of the fact that it really comes down to relationships and referrals. And this is really what we're ultimately trying to do with the digital twin, just like you do with your sales team. You are trying to make contacts and referrals and build, like you know, Allison, build your brand 
and this is how it's happened. This is how it happens in the digital age. So yes, we like we want everybody to search and go online and fill out your form, but we also want to make these connections that that really makes these relationships work. You brought up something I think that certainly resonates with me as a manufacturing guy, and I'm. I'm uh, I liked it in your in the content that I, I saw on your website and some of your posts. Uh, the emphasis on the right KPIs, you know, and having something to measure. I mean, it's not ju- not just uh, you know how many looks did you get? Were they the right looks? You know, from the right people. You you mentioned somewhere about uh, I don't know if it was for your firm or somewhere else where you you found that there was some obscure actor that wound up uh, being, uh, you know, responsible for kind of driving some, some leads. And I was like, this, this doesn't fit. It was, it was, it was a great example, but uh, I, I think it's, it's so important. And I know something, you know, we regularly reinforce with our clients, whether I'm doing operational stuff or Allison's, you know, doing, uh, you know, branding and marketing communication, you know, activity for activity's sake isn't the measure. It's, are you moving the needle in terms of revenue and profitability? You know, that, that's really the, the home base for those things. Right. It's, are you getting leads at the end of the day? And I'll just share that story um, that you mentioned. So we were getting huge amounts of traffic for this client. And uh, the client was actually uh, an optometrist. You know, we've done some work for clients outside the manufacturing. Sure. But is an optometrist. And we had done a post about lazy eye. Um, the term lazy eye, uh, which is amblyopia. And uh, this actor had a, okay, had a uh, lazy eye, amblyopia. And we started, his name is Kenneth, I forget what his last name is. We started ranking for this guy's name and just getting like boatloads of traffic. (laughs) Clients like, wow, look at our, you know, look at our results. I'm like, well, yeah, we're not getting your customers with that. So calm down. So yeah, it is really about yeah. that bottom of the funnel and um, really paying attention to getting those leads in. And the other thing about analytics, I just want to bring up, um, there's a, a, a guy named Avinash Kaushik. I think I'm probably butchering his name. Um, worked for Google and he's written a great book called Web Analytics 2.0, and he's written a ton about it since on Web Analytics. And I think the big takeaway is there's so much data out there. There's so many metrics to look at. Focus on the critical few. Okay, what are the things that really matter? Look at those numbers and then analyze why they're happening. So like we look at web traffic and conversions. Did web traffic go up? Why or why not? Conversions, they go up. Why or why not? And so we've got like, you know, two slides with each of those stats and then the 10 slides trying to figure out why or why not. And that's that analysis is really what you need to focus on as well. Wait, you don't give people a 35 page report of every possible measurement? Well, maybe it's 35 (laughs) pages, but not every possible measurement. No, no, we don't. (laughs) your approach because I think so many people get caught up in over analyzing. So I I think it's, I think it's one side of the coin or the other. I see many manufacturers who aren't analyzing at all. So they're really not paying attention or adapting what they're doing. So that's a big problem. And number two, or the other side of the coin, I should say, um, is they overanalyze and they make it so complicated. So I really appreciate what you just said 
about measuring two things because those are the two things that really matter. And then spending a couple of pages, like you said, in your report or presentation or whatever, talking about why and then what can we do to change or adjust, right? Yeah, and I, I, I was talking to a great web marketer the other day and he's like, I, I like straight lines. I like to see that this matters and what, what, how, it, how it impacts and what can we change and what do we know for sure. Um, Jeff Bezos, I think he, he, he said it best. He was like, uh, people ask me all the time, what's going to happen next year? And I always tell them, I don't spend, I don't know. I mean, I have some ideas, but what I really like to focus on is what I can influence and what I do know works and what I do know has happened. And I do know people want lower costs and I do know they want faster service. And so that's, and they do want a great customer experience. Those are the things within my realm that I can control. And that's what I want to change. You hit on something that was, I think is really interesting. And I want to kind of maybe flip this thing 180 degrees around. So we, we talked to so many manufacturers uh, and maybe it's human nature, whatever. They're very focused on what are the tools I can deploy that are going to help me win new customers. And, and some of your graphs and some of the research, you know, we talk about the existing customer base. Now, creating this digital twin doesn't just help you with uh, finding and attracting the new customers. There's some advantage to doing this in parallel to support and retain your existing customers, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, they're the, you know, that's the low hanging fruit that everybody ignores uh, is your customers. And in part of the creating content and um, staying in, in using uh, e-newsletters, for example, this very simple technique to send them out every month with your, your latest content that you've got, that you're discovering, that you're showing, you're staying on top of your game is you can also then remind them of new products you've got coming out. And, and you know, this, this content too, the digital twin content that you're creating, this is opportunities for your uh, flesh and blood salespeople to take and, and reach out to their customers as well. So yeah, I'm glad you brought that up, Ray. I mean, people work so hard on just trying to bring in new leads and just ignore what's already in their backyard and they, they, they can grow, cultivate. Yeah. 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 And <clears throat> I wanted to have you explain something. You talk about the, the one digital newcomer to manufacturing marketing and, and you call it the digital challenger. So I wondered if we could talk about that for a minute. Right, so um, there's some eternal challenges that manufacturers have always dealt with. Um, you know, I, I think I touched on them quickly, but you've got uh, customers that you're trying to reach that have many different languages that you're, that, you know, to understand. Um, this has always been a problem. This is why we, manufacturers have always hired technicians and engineers as salespeople. Um, and just relied on sales. Um, your prospects, so you've got purchasing agents, engineers, uh, you know, the manufacturing department. So you've got a lot of different languages you have to understand. That's an eternal problem. You've got prospects who have the multiple objectives. So you've got, you know, um, somebody might want to be interested in product quality, somebody in delivery time. 
somebody else might be interested in your reputation, your size, your location, you know, eternal problems, right? Products and services are complex. So then the product itself is complex and takes a lot of explanation. And then we have the lengthy sales cycle. So these are, these are all eternal problems. And as we've touched on already, the, the problem, the new, the new digital newcomer and the new challenge is people are online. And that salesperson, you know, this is out of your hands as a manufacturer. And um, I think, you know, I just see a lot of manufacturers with old websites. They've got these established, um, you know, sales processes, and this is the way they've always done it. Uh, you know, read, read, <laughs> get, get current with like Industry 4.0, the IoT. I mean, the, the, a, lot of, a lot of manufacturers are good on the manufacturing floor and staying abreast of um, advancements within their own ecosystem and, and what's happening on the floor. But the same thing is happening in the sales and marketing realm. So you have to tie into that um, and get into that mindset and get into that space. I mean, I'm always amazed, you know, when I started to get more and more involved with manufacturers, these guys are freaking brilliant. Some of the minds that I've encountered in the manufacturing space. And it, people think of this old, dusty, you know, Henry Ford assembly line. Holy cow. I mean, what people are doing and creating right now, it's unbelievable. I mean, it's like space age stuff, you know, um, the IOT, the, you know, the robots, the, what is it? The cobots now, um, digital twin stuff. I mean, uh, we did a, we did a piece on uh, HoloLens technology that our clients are using, um, you know, which is like right out of minority report. Uh, this stuff is amazing. And, so your marketing department needs to keep pace with that. You know, you need to reflect what you're doing on the floor it needs to reflect through your marketing. Yeah. And I, I think one problem that's been ongoing forever and, and that's why Ray is the unicorn because he was one of the first people, honestly, that I had run into in all these years that was the, the inside manufacturing guy that was speaking the language of bridging the gap between all these different silos, which really need to be broken down and connected. Because if operations was working better with sales, sales and marketing were playing nicely together, which they should, then everybody's supporting one another. But by having things, you know, like you said, the, on the floor, they're just killing it. They're, they're way ahead of the curve. And their sales is probably really good, right? They, they've probably got some really seasoned um, um, team members who are, you know, they're hitting their numbers. They're doing a great job. They're supporting customers. And then you have marketing, which is like, you know, back in a closet and you need to like blow off the cobwebs. So... That's, that's something that I'm sure that you see all the time as well. But that's, that's what drew me to this guy um, because he was speaking this new language that I had been speaking for years and nobody seemed to, not nobody, but, you know, people that were on the inside, it seemed to still be foreign to them, this de-siloing and connecting. Um, yeah, I think, and I think the, the word I like there was language. 
Allison, um, speaking the same language. I mean, why am I in the show? I mean, I'm trying to take this marketing concept and put it in the language of, of manufacturers with the digital right. twin. Sometimes it's just that simple, but it's also a skill set that maybe somebody who is a little more technically oriented can't come up with in terms of the packaging. I mean, that's why, that's why we talked to Allison about branding, you know, I mean, that's, you, you got the steak, you need the sizzle, you know, I mean, sometimes it, it comes down to that, but the inspiration that you come up with Allison for your branding comes from really understanding things that Ray knows about on the manufacturing process and what's happening on the floor and understanding what takes place there. And then, you know, that's when it's the one plus one equals three equation. And that's when you get an exciting product. Well, and I think then taking that to the next step, which <clears throat> I think can be challenging for manufacturers who are unaware of this, you want to take that knowledge and you then want to really delve into who those customers are that you're making these awesome things for and then reflect them back to themselves through your content because you don't want your content to be covered in wee wee. You want your content to be you focused, right? Oh, absolutely. And I think that is a big struggle too with manufacturers is also what do your, what do your customers think? What do they know? And I mean, we talk about this endlessly, but there's some methodologies you can use that are actually pretty simple to find that out. So we have like three things that we do. We like to do a series, we call it guerrilla research. We'll do three to four phone calls with your top prospects and we'll ask them a series of questions. And we take the qualitative results and look for the trends and what they're saying. We talk to the sales team because they are at the front lines and they know the language that your customers are speaking. And then we use keyword research, um, which is really fascinating. Back to what we were talking about, Ray, with lazy eye and amblyopia. This client, we, we've had clients before who wanted to call something, and like in this case, you know, the, the medical term is amblyopia, but the, the term that everybody refers to it as is lazy eye. Yeah. And so that's where the searches are we can get people in with that term and then we can explain what it's really amblyopia. Um, and that's what the medical term is, but you need to understand, you know, so we take the phone interview, the, the salespeople, the internet searches, which is market research and bring that all together to really figure out what customers want and what content they're looking for. I think the notion of, uh, or not, I think the notion of using, using data, to drive your your decisions is so important. The the crazy irony I see in manufacturing all the time is you can talk to a manufacturing executive and they can tell you their their DPPMs, they can tell you the OEE on their equipment. You know, there's there's a number of factory related stats that they can quote off the top of their head. Ask them about their competition and the size of the market, and all they do is it's all anecdotal. We have fifty percent of the market. How big is the market? Well, it's these three customers. No, it's not. You know, they're probably only rounding error and they don't even know it. Right. Uh, you know, so there's there's so much when you present them with data about the market and, and how to go there. All of a sudden, in my experience, their eyes get real big. It's like, 
at first it's like, well, we're not, we may not be as big a player as we thought, but oh my gosh, look how much room we've got to run. Yeah. Well, we're getting close to the end, which makes me sad because (laughs) there's so, so much more to talk about, but I'm wondering if you could describe how a manufacturer, and this is, this is going to have to be a really long answer, like in a nutshell, we can, we can always do another episode uh, or they can, they can uh, contact you, which we'll put all that in the show notes. How does a manufacturer create and use the digital twin? Like, could we maybe explain that for people who are listening, who are thinking, yeah, this, this might be good for me. You know, how, kind of where do we start and, and what does that look like? Right. So the getting to know the customer is what we start with. And then we create strategy, like a documented marketing strategy with the content. Uh, Research indicates you're five times more likely to be successful if you document something, which is great too, because every year you want to look back in your strategy, your qualitative strategy and say, okay, are we hitting what we want with our, our quantitative goals? And then we, we primarily focus because we start with small marketing teams. We are written, we, we do writing, uh, we can bring in video, but we start with written communication and blog posts, um, you know, white papers, guides, things like that to, to get that messaging down and get it out because it's, you know, first and foremost, it's t- typically, uh, it's gonna be search engine optimized. But also the written word is we can get it out so much faster and continue to put it out on a regular basis. And we like to be that, you know, that gets everything going. And then from there, you can do, that's when the real fun starts. Because everybody hates writing. We're writers. We hate it. But it needs to be done. But once I have it, now I can do so many things. Now I can go on Allison's and Ray's podcast and I can talk about this thing that I've documented and, you know, Allison and Ray are going to put the link to the doc, to the strategy in the show notes and it's all there and it's bringing you back to the website. So the way to get, that's how we get started. We start with that written piece and then you just blow it out from there. Video, whatever you want to do, graphics, um, slide share, webinars, um, you know, it's just a matter of time and resources. Yeah, I was, I call it starting with substance, you know, cause everybody wants to jump into let's build the website. And I said, well, you know, you can have a beautiful cake, but if somebody slices into it and there's nothing inside but air or a bad taste, nobody wants seconds. Right. Got to have the substantial ingredients. And I think that's what the benefit of what you do for people. Yeah. Sadly, it's time to wrap up. <laughs> oh, we cannot thank you enough for spending time with us and our listeners. And um, is there anything that you want to share here uh, before we sign off as a, you know, kind of a something you want to leave people with? Well, I guess I would leave the link if you're going to publish in the show notes to uh, it's windbound.com. And it's, by the way, it's win, like win victory and bound, you know, uh, you're bound to win if you follow my advice, but no, it's windbound. I always get wind bound. It's no, it's windbound. Like the Badgers are going to win tonight. 
Patreon.com. And to get this, to get the, uh, that's our website, but to get the, um, the digital twin strategy, it's winbound.com slash manufacturing dash marketing. And they'll, you know, go ahead and check that out. Um, and you know, my email and contact information's on the site and, uh, always happy to just share strategies and learn from other people too. That's what I love about this. Absolutely. And, and thank you, Allison and Ray for having me on here. I, boy, it's, uh, you know, my wife really gets tired of me just talking to her about this. <laughs> somebody else with it. It's all new to us. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> You're not sick of me yet. No, we just met. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ray, you want to tell people how they can subscribe and, and uh, take us out? Yes, they, yes, I can. Uh, again, Greg, thanks, thanks so much for, for your insights, uh, your innovation, and your perspective. Uh, learned a lot. Can't wait to have you back again, I hope, at some point in the future. Um, to our listeners, we hope you got as much out of this, even a, a little tiny bit, uh, compared to what we did. And if you, if you did enjoy it, please do us a favor. Uh, like us on your favorite uh, podcast streaming service. Even more importantly, tell a friend about it. Tell a colleague. Tell them where to find us because uh, we like sharing cool stuff with cool people in manufacturing, and uh, that just makes us happy. So, so please tell tell folks about us, and, and we can't wait to welcome you back again. And with that said, Allison, um, keep manufacturing out loud, everybody, because we need you. Thank you for listening to MFG Out Loud with Ray Zaganto and Allison DeFore. You can subscribe and find show notes at mfgoutloud.com. 